This is Finally Free, a podcast for the chronic dieters, disordered eaters, and fitness junkies. For those sick of battling their bodies, sick of fearing food and the number on the scale, sick of punishing exercise, all in the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness. I'm Alana Vandersloos, an eating disorder recovered intuitive eating coach studying to become a certified intuitive eating counselor and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, an online community where I coach women how to become intuitive eaters and incorporate intuitive movement for true health, mind, body, and spirit. On this podcast, you will hear stories of other women on various parts of their journeys, some who are in recovery, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll also teach you ways to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough. I'll show you how to find peace and satisfaction with food again, how to embrace the one and only body you have with joyful movement so you can move through this world with peace and confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Thank you so much for joining me today. But before we get started, I just want to remind you of everything that I offer for those who need help with body image, intuitive eating, fitness, food, weight, and mindset. First, I offer group coaching now. So if you're interested in getting some expert support, some tough targeted love, schedule a free 15-minute discovery call at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com or click the link in my bio on Instagram at freedomwithfoodandfitness. On that same link in my IG bio, I have everything that I offer people. So I have the links to two course videos, which are both under $5 right now. I have free quizzes to assess your relationship with food and exercise, over 45 pages of free intuitive eating and fitness resources that you can sign up for. It takes literally five seconds. I have a form where you can ask your own question for a chance for it to be answered on the podcast. I have a guided meditation and so much more. Seriously, go check it all out at Freedom with Food and Fitness on Instagram. In today's episode, I'm talking to Eva Vivad, who's an intuitive eating coach in Slovenia, who helps women break free from dieting and toxic beliefs around food and helps them feel confident in their bodies. Her mission is to help as many women as she can on their journey to body acceptance and intuitive eating and to be the person she knows she needed on her own journey and to provide them with love and support. This is something even I definitely clicked on because I'm always saying that to you guys as well, this idea that I just never want another woman to feel the way I did. Even I talk about the pressures of athletes at all levels, high school, collegiate, and professional, in terms of achieving that perfect body for that sport, because all sports require different bodies, how being an athlete can actually be the guise for an eating disorder, and how mindset is everything when it comes to intuitive eating, and really any change that you want to make in your life. Also, speaking of which, if you're interested in more about mindset as it applies to intuitive eating, DM me on Instagram the word course or go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash store. That's freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash store. There I have a course called The Secret Ingredient to Intuitive Eating, which talks all about mindset and how to start implementing those mindset changes today for the best chance of success at food freedom. If you liked today's episode and want to check out more of Eva, check her out at Dump That Diet on Instagram or dumpthatdiet.com. 
it's really amazing to me that Eva is half a world away and I just felt so connected to her. I can tell she's an amazing coach by the way she's, you know, been through her own struggles and she's so candid about those and just how warm and kind she is. So this was really a treat for me. Um, but, you know, without further ado, here is my conversation with Eva. All right. So hi, Ava. It's so nice to see you. Is it Eva or Ava? Ava. It's Ava. Ava. Yeah. It's funny because I, I teach high school English and I have a student that spells it E-V-A, but she pronounces it Ava, like A-V-A. Yeah. So I always I always have to ask and I always default to to my student. But Eva, it's so nice to have you on. Um, so let's just let's just kind of dive right in here. So what was your relationship to food and body like when you were a kid? Yeah. So what I, for me, it has been a really um, like it has been a journey for sure. Um, I think one of my first um, really, like, when I was really aware of like my relationship with my food, especially was it was something really delicious and I loved it. But quite soon I realized that it's, it's something that you should be aware of. It's something that you should kind of look after and just see, um, you know, like you have to be careful of what you're eating and how you're eating it and how much you're eating it. So for me is that, that was definitely uh, something that I was very uh, aware of uh, very early on, especially with my body. I think it kind of like related to my body because I remember I got, ever since I, got, I was little, I was, I was just very concerned about my thighs and that was one of my biggest con uh, insecurities as well. So uh, I think it kind of goes uh, hand in hand with food and with, with, with body. And it definitely was like a love-hate relationships. relationship. I knew that I, I love it and it tastes amazing and it nourishes me, but at the same time, you know, you have to be kind of like aware of it and uh, beware um, if you're, you know, doing it just doing it um, too much or, you know, whatever that means, uh, you know, to a kid, um, I had my own definitions of it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how it was. It's, it's so interesting that you said your, your thighs were kind of like your target issue body part, because you know, for me, it was always like my midsection of my stomach. So it's always, in, and I never think about my thighs. So it's so interesting to see how like the body part that I don't think twice about is somebody else's fixation and vice versa. Um, so that's, you know, that's, it's interesting to hear. Now, was, did anybody talk to you about food and body growing up? Was there anybody who was a, a bigger influence on you with regard to the messages you were getting? Uh, for me, it was definitely my my mom. Um, it, I know now, obviously, that I've done so much work and so much healing that that was her best intentions and that was her insecurities kind of like coming through. And uh, but it's definitely was I was in track and field, so I done sports my whole life and obviously you know there is this perception of how your body should look when you are doing track and field and you, when you are running and jumping and sprinting so um i think majority of her um viewpoint was coming from a concern so make sure i don't gain the weight so i can perform um but it yeah it does definitely uh she had a really big influence uh on me at the time and it was definitely something that i had to work through a lot um so i was always a uh, I, I wouldn't say a bigger kid, but I was always a very muscular, uh, very just, um, just, yeah, I was never just like skin and bone skinny. Um, and it was all, you know, I, that was something that my, none of my family were, they were always, they were all way skinnier than I was. So I think that's where the contrast was coming uh, in as well, because 
Um, I was, you know, a lot of times, you know, I was made fun of as the fat one of my family. So even though like I was, you know, far from it, but even if I was, you know, it was just, it, yeah, it was just, that's something that happened. And I think my mom kind of wanted me to not become even, you know, just wanted me to stay in, in a weight that I was and not gain it because of the fear, you know, of hitting puberty, obviously girls gain weight when they hit puberty and, you know, and also the other, on the other hand, performing well for my track and field and for my sports. So yeah, I definitely had a lot of, um, a lot of influence from her and kind of seeing how, uh, how much, you know, how, kind of seeing through the years, how much she shaped my relationship with, with food for sure. Sure. Yeah. So you have, you know, your influence from your mom and, and her baggage, which I, I have something similar with my mom and she, her, her diet culture, which came from my grandmother. So there's, there's a generational thing happening. And then, you know, the whole, um, this is the ideal track and field physique mm-hmm. and, and this comparison, you know, you see everybody else in your family and you're like, well, even though your body was fine, but why don't I look like everybody else type of question? So I can totally see how that would all kind of come together. And then there's always the, the societal and cultural part of it. Now, now I'm in the States, so you're from, you're from Slovenia. Yeah. What I don't, I'm not very familiar with how prevalent or not prevalent disordered eating is there. So can you tell us a little bit like what it's like there, um, what's the ideal body type, what kind of diets are trending, what, what goes on over there? Yeah, it's so, so funny because I spent six years in U.S., so um, okay. I, I kind of have like a best of both worlds, worlds, I would say, but yeah, definitely with me, I think it's a bit different for me, but because I was in sports so much, and I think disordered eating was even more you know, it was more present in sports, but it was also more tolerated because there was like a bigger goal behind it. So um, in sports, I think you can really easily masquerade the the whole thing. And I think it's, it can really easily become something, you know, greater. We're doing it for, for a purpose. And a lot of times it can't be overlooked. So that's definitely something that was going on with me. Like there's definitely coaches that I had around me that, you know, haven't really handled my, you know, my food issues, or even just, you know, my body, you know, correctly, or just uh, compassionately, actually, to just begin with. So, uh, and I think that was definitely something that, you know, comes with sports. And, you know, we're always taught, especially like to kind of push through just, you know, you know, you know, no pain, no gain, especially in sports. And, um, it, it definitely reflect on that. And I never actually thought I had as big of an issue as I was having until I was like removed from diet culture and I was tr- starting to heal and, you know, was starting to get influenced by all these positive um, role models. And then I realized looking back, I was like, oh my goodness, that was so messed up. My relationship with food was so messed up. So um, yeah, but with the whole, um, I would say it's quite so different um, in Slovenia than it is in US. Um, I think it's definitely, um, it's definitely um, very, it's very popular to be, um, you know, fit and toned and just be into fitness and um, this idea of, you know, if you're not working out, like you're just lazy, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like the same thing. I would say, I think it's just a lot of, um, a lot of, um, it's just not as, I always try to find the right word, but yeah, it's just uh, a lot of that mindset going on. There's not quite that many diets going on. It's at least not in the, in a culture that I'm in and in sports, but there is definitely, you know, having that tone muscular body and, you know, which is an ideal body. So um, that's definitely something that's really prone um, that, you know, is really popular to hear. Um, so, yeah. 
So, so not necessarily like that, that any one type of diet is very popular, but there's this ideal physique that everybody's striving toward. Yeah. Yeah. So talk, talk to me a little bit about that because I was never like a traditional athlete. I, I did dance and cheer, but I didn't, I didn't do track and field. I didn't do any like team sports per se. I mean, truly eh, that's a debate for another day, whether cheerleading is a sport, but anyway, um, I'm assuming as an athlete, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's not like the goal isn't to be as skinny as possible and to be, as you said, skin and bones, because you need to have the stamina and the strength to do your sport. So talk to me a little bit about what exactly the goals are for an athlete and what type of disordered behaviors might come along with that as an athlete. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that, like, like you said, like, um, I think it definitely depends on first, I, I can talk obviously for track and field. It really depends on which event you're in. So when I was talking about, you know, being skin and bones and being really skinny, it was usually it applied to long distance running. And that's where, what my parents and my sister at the time did. So it was really, it was really interesting to see. Uh, and it was, that was one of the desired body type that you should achieve because the little you, the, as little as you have on your body, the, the faster and the longer you can run. So that was basically the whole, whole idea, which is, which is quite um, outdated at the moment, but um, yeah, definitely, you know, it really depends on an event that you are in. Um, but I do remember, you know, going from trying to be as skinny as I can to, you know, then kind of moving to I kind of like a diet culture move through it but um moving to that you know skinny to the toned ideal so um I I was you know I for me it, it really uh started being problematic when I came to states where I gained you know the freshman 15 that everybody was talking about and uh for me it was it was gaining actually 10 pounds of muscles, but it didn't matter. Um, you know, I gained 10 pounds of muscle muscles in the first semester, but that didn't matter because when I saw that number on the scale, I was horrified and I was just, I was in the best shape of my life. I was, you know, I, I was so strong, fast, just so athletic, but it didn't matter because that number on the scale defined my whole worth. And, uh, for it was just it's just so crazy like thinking back I thought oh my goodness I'm so heavy I won't be able to perform but it never came like it was never about that because I was performing the best in my life it was definitely just you know pure diet culture and you know you can have that and that's why I was talking about the danger of kind of um putting you know oh I need to lose weight to a, like a nicer packaging and a nicer purpose if you would if, if you would so um yeah that's definitely something that was really um present with me and then I was just trying to you know lose weight to look more toned because I didn't need that fat on my body even though you definitely do you definitely do you know if you're gaining that many muscles you also are going to gain fat with it that's just you know it's just completely normal and at the same time like at at the time I was a thrower, which usually throwers have a, a bigger physique um, because they need a lot of strength, a lot of explo explosiveness to, you know, throw an implement. So, um, but I was, you know, even though I was doing that discipline or I was doing that event, I was just so like, I was looking down on the throwers because I, I was like, oh, they're way less athletic than I am. They're way, you know, fatter, um, you know, um, just 
like just less just less athletic I think in, in general and it's so you know there's the fat phobia within it and I thought again it was because you know it was all about the performance it was all about you know me you know me being just more athletic but when in actually when in actuality it wasn't about that at all they were all amazing athletes they were all super strong super fast super explosive but just because they didn't have the physique that I was striving for I took them as less of an athlete so I can only touch on you know track and feel and how it and also my experience with it and how I perceived it but obviously there is so you know there's obviously people who had way healthier thank goodness relationship with uh, their sport and their food and their body but um, that was definitely my experience and you know I'm so grateful that I'd done track and field it gave me so many opportunities like I was able to go to US on a full scholarship I was just you know traveling around the world but it definitely you know it did came with a lot of struggles as well so um yeah sure but thank you for sharing that so so now you know you you're in track and field you're in the best shape of your life but you're, you're really not happy with the number and with the with your body um, at what point does this change? At what point do you find intuitive eating? So it actually changed after I was done with track and field, which is kind of sad because I have gotten to the mental point where I couldn't continue anymore. I couldn't continue uh, performing and um, competing anymore. So I was already out of college. Um, actually way out of college. It was probably like two years out of college. Um, and I was still in that, I stopped training um, professionally, but I was still in that off and on diet mentality where I would, you know, really restrict for a couple of weeks. And then obviously my body would make up for it and with binges and, you know, just the screw, screw that mentality and just eat whatever I want. So yeah, definitely. Um, that was just kind of going on in the cycle of, you know, just trying me trying to be on a diet and then not being on a diet and, you know, just my weight fluctuating so much and um it happened it was so it was so crazy I don't know if you're familiar with these challenges when you know you you get money for losing the most weight like that I I was in one of those challenges no, I was not in one of those challenges I was in probably like five of those challenges um and it was one of the fifth or I don't maybe it was more I don't even know um but it was one of those challenges and I was just you know in the middle of it and I was just like it's just I was just like had this question I was like am I really going to be doing this for the rest of my life like this is exhausting like it is so exhausting I I can't enjoy food properly like I can't enjoy working out even though I love working out and it was just it was just this question that actually changed everything and I was like I really don't want to do this anymore but I also want this body this ideal um at the same time and I was I was just so confused I didn't know you know how to even start but I knew that what I was doing was not working anymore at all because it was just something that it's just it just wasn't working it was draining and exhausting and I think a lot of you know your listeners can relate as well and you know you probably as well and it's just that it was just that breaking point. And for me, it was that doing, you know, one of these challenges that I spent so much money on already. So um, that was like that epiphany, that moment of, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I think a lot of my listeners and your audience as well, they're in this in-between phase where they're like, well, I can't do this for the rest of my life because I'm miserable, but I don't know what else to do because I want this body. So yeah. they're in the middle and it's so hard. Um, you said that you had some really great resources that helped you heal. So what were they? What are some 
resources, some people that our listeners and our audience members can follow to try to heal? Yeah, I mean, for sure, I would say read as much as you can about intuitive eating and, you know, body neutrality, body acceptance, because that's one of the the main tools that helped me because I had to, I had to replace all the all the crap that I've learned from diet culture, all the misinformation that we've been taught, uh, because I would literally go and, you know, take every article on the internet as a sacred article, as long as it helped me lose weight, it was just, it was like pure science to me, even though I knew it wasn't, but, you know, so replacing these negative beliefs, negative mindsets and negative, just knowledge that you, you had about your body and food, um, with, um, you know, intuitive eating, seeing how it actually works, health with health, health at every size. So, um, that's definitely something that, you know, is, can always be a really good tool to come back on and to fall back on when you are having these doubts and not knowing where, you know, where to go and how, what to do, um, is definitely a good thing and a good resource to have to always go back and prove yourself, right. That you are on the right path, that you you are doing what you can. Um, so that's definitely one of the main ones that I would say. Um, and then for sure, just allowing yourself, allowing, actually allowing yourself to feel. And I, for me, being an emotional eater was definitely one of the biggest, um, you know, one of the biggest drives of my eating disorder, because I wasn't allowing myself to feel, I wasn't allowing to myself to actually be with myself. Um, and, you know, having, this resource to, you know, whether it's journaling or meditation or whatever the tool is that, you know, it works for a a certain individual that can be such a powerful tool to let yourself, you know, get to know yourself as well beyond the diet culture, beyond who you are, because I feel like when we are trapped in the diet culture, we are just so like, our view is just so narrowed down. Like we are not, you know, we're all we care about is basically like food or like how our body looks like, you know, and maybe stuff here and there related to that. Like for me, I know that was the case. I was in a complete brain fog. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So yeah, that's definitely another um, thing that, you know, will free up so much of your mental space and will help you actually find out what you actually want and how you actually want to live your life. Because it's just, it's just such a, it's so crazy to see and to, you know, to see the effects that diet culture has on us, but it also, you know, once you let go, it just frees up so much space and so much, yeah, just, it, there's just so much more to life than just trying to lose weight. And yeah, and then definitely, you know, surround yourself with role models that you, that are proving you that improving your relationship with food and body is possible and is you know such as yourself and you know your amazing podcast and you know all the other podcasts out there or instagrams or what you know whatever you know whatever platform you're on you know surround yourself with that and you know body diversity so you can see that no this is not the only body that you want to do and that 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 is out there or this is not the only ideal body there's so many more bodies out there and they're all you know accept you know they're all acceptable and they're all you know thriving and living their best lives so um yeah so that those would be like kind of like my main go-to things for for the beginners I don't want to like overwhelm everyone anyone with like <laughs> like too many resources sure, sure. I think you said two really important things and the first was I was where you were in terms of like I would scour the internet for hours like reading all these health articles and do this for this effect and like 
do intermittent fasting and try the celery juice. And it's like, and it's really hard because I'm also a journalism teacher at, in high school. And, you know, I teach the kids news literacy and you have to know what a reputable source is and what isn't. The problem is with diet culture is a lot of like experts are producing all this like fat phobic diet culture type stuff. It's like not to not to crap all over mindbodygreen.com. I don't know if you know them, but you know, they'll always have an article where it's like, I'm a I'm a functional dietitian and this is the celery juice, you know, recipe that changed my life. And it's like, ooh, like it's just it's not good. So it's really hard to separate, you know, diet culture from not diet culture when we're having experts in the field yeah pull it out so that's hard yeah. and then I also struggled with this you know I was always the the thin fit one like that was always part of my identity mm. and when I had my eating disorders I felt like I had to keep that up or people would be disappointed in me yeah so that was something that you know perpetuated it and it turns out like I'm like genetically like my family like we're just smaller people so like my body my body didn't change but my mind changed like I don't feel this pressure to be that person but when I did it was just it was all consuming like you said you can't, can't even really think of anything else yeah so yeah now so you find intuitive eating Wonderful. Yay. Um, and then, you, and then you started dump that diet. So can you talk to us about why you started your, your Instagram? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I just, for the whole reason why I actually started, I was like, I have all this knowledge. I have all this, you know, resource that I can share with people. How can I make, you know, how can I change someone's life? Like, you know, and all the other Instagram, um, you know, influencers, changed mine with intuitive eating and you know because that's actually where I first found it it was just a random post on Instagram and I was like oh let me see what that is and I that's how I started to kind of like follow one person and then the other person so you know I was like okay if I they can stumble up upon me and you know I can provide them with resources where to go and how you know how to do it it's definitely you know something that I you know I would love to do that and you know kind of help as many girls as I can out of the misery that I was in and to help, you know, as many girls to never have to feel the way I felt in my lowest and at my, in the midst of my eating disorder. So that's kind of how it all started. And that I always had this little kind of like a nudge of, oh, maybe you should, you know, go into counseling. And I, I have a bachelor's in psychology and um, I, I never really felt that connected with, with it. I, I just kind of did it. And I was just like, oh, like, I guess I have this degree now, but now, you know, for some, and I, I guess it was a good, like a subconscious thing, but now it, it just, I kept getting these nudges and, oh, maybe you should, you know, kind of explore that some more. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I started coaching because I was like, okay, like, why not? Like I have this, you know, I have the resources, I have the knowledge, I have the, you know, the degree to do so. And, you know, and that's how, you know, that's kind of how it all formed. And I know that a lot of, you know, clients that I work with now, they, you know, they go to these professionals and a lot of them focus a lot either on nutrition when you tell them that, you know, you have some issues with food, which a lot of like clients are trying to get away from. From. they're trying to get away from being fixated on food or they you know they a lot of sadly a lot of 
um, professionals are also not properly trained on eating disorders and, you know, especially eating disorders such as, you know, binge eating or, um, or, um, yeah, or bulimia, you know, there, I think there's so much focus on, on anorexia, because it is such a deadly, deadly disease. But I think when it comes to the other, uh, the others, are, they're not as, or just disorder eating in general, they're not as, um, as well trained. So I, I, you know, that's where I was like, you know what, like, I can actually, you know, find space for myself in this profession and uh, help as many women as I can and uh, help them to food freedom and uh, body acceptance. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started. I can't believe it like it when I first started it wasn't even like a thought that I would be you know helping women and coaching them but now then I was just kind of I love how you know it's like seeing things evolve and um yeah that's how the whole story happened (laughs) that's so awesome um two more questions uh first what is one actionable tip that listeners can take away from you today like what's one really specific actionable strategy they could start their healing journey with I would definitely say um, when it comes to our mind, like I think we can do so much with our mindset. Um, and I would definitely, I love, you know, using that strategy when we have this, these thoughts, like these thoughts that are really, either they're just uh, guilt or just shaming ourselves or just a negative thought that's popping up around our food and body. Um, I, I think it's such a powerful way to shift the mindset. Um, I love to call it, uh, it's from one of the books. Um, I, I think her name is Gabby, Gabby, I don't know what her name is, but that's, she was, she's the one who um, I I read it from. And she said, just choose another thought, like, so choose again. So like, let's say you, the the thought, like for me, for my thighs, it was, you know, oh, I hate my thighs. And, you know, then I was like, okay, then you take that thought, you know, you accept it. And that's a lot of times what we do, we kind of just kind of try to, I think when we are in the midst of trying to heal, it's like, we shove these negative thoughts away. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. But actually, stay with the thought like why is this like why is this thought coming up and you know see and explore it what's going on whether you journal it or just do it in your head it's so so important that we know the origin of what what's like propelling the thought to like come up what are the triggers that are causing it you know why why did you now feel that you know your thighs are big or you know whatever that that might be for you so you know kind of exploring that and seeing where it's coming from you know if you can identify the triggers or, you know, the emotions behind it, how is it making you feel? Because a lot of times, you know, when we get to the root of it, it's so much easier than to kind of be aware of it and seeing and just identifying the triggers. So like once we do that, and maybe the first time you won't, you would have no idea what, you know, where it's coming from. You will just be like, oh, it just makes me feel horrible. You know, that's, you know, that's good enough. You're identifying the feeling and you're staying with it. Like that's awareness in itself. And you can go deeper and deeper with it as you go. And then once you, once you kind of identify that and acknowledge that, try to find something else. What is something that will make you feel better? What is something that you can choose to believe now? So I'm not saying about, you know, if you hate your thighs, obviously you're not going to go, oh, I love my thighs now. Like suddenly you're going to love your thighs. No, that's not, you know, that's not the goal. We're not, we're trying to be realistic. And also it's super overwhelming when we, when we think like, when we go from, you know, here to woo over there, like we can just, but let's take like the next little step. Maybe it's, 
okay, like today I don't despise my thighs. Today I, I tolerate them. You know, it's a little step that you can take and, you know, it can, it's so much less overwhelming than going straight to love. Uh, but at the same time, it will give you some, you know, acceptance and it will feel, it will feel way more attainable. Um, and, you know, having that little step instead of taking a leap. So um, that's one of the things that, that you can reframe your mindset, especially when these negative thoughts are popping up. And uh, definitely, you know, always, you know, you're coming such a long way and um, just give yourself lots and lots of self-compassion around that. And that's, I, I'm all about reframing your mindset around food and body. So that's definitely, that helped me tremendously. And that's number one tip that I would say to start there. Awesome. I think that's, that's so important. That's great that you said that. Now, last one is in what I ask all my, my guests this one sentence, what does it mean to be finally free to you? it it just honestly like there's so much I'm like oh my god it means all these things but um just to be myself finally um and to be um yeah basically to be myself like I can fully live how I want to live and not have it not have that dictate by by something else or, or someone else just such as diet culture so um that's definitely I found my purpose I found my passion well after I you know quit the diets and um, you know, heal, heal my eating disorder. And it's just the best feeling knowing that I can help, you know, women on the same journey now. So definitely, you know, and I feel more myself than I ever had in the midst of my eating disorder and being trapped in diet culture. So definitely freedom of being myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Eva, it was so nice to have you. Thank you so much for taking time out. And I love, I love how Zoom can just connect us. Like we're like a world, yeah. we're like half a world away. We're here talking and seeing each other in real time. And it's just so wonderful. Um, thank you again so much. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. And I had a, such a blast chatting with you and about my journey and about food freedom. So yeah, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> So that is it for today's episode. Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time.